Caution, the contents of this podcast may be historical, but they're still served piping hot. We're brewing up the classics here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. And welcome to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. I'm Asa. And I'm Allison. And today on the Coffeehouse, we have a very special returning guest. Now, Staff Sergeant Emily Kursky of the United States Army Band, Pershing's Own. Emily, welcome back to the Coffeehouse. Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to be here. Our longtime listeners will recall a few years ago, we did an interview with Emily while she was still a student working on a lot of modern performances with the clarinet. And now we have her back as our honored guest to talk about her shiny new job. So Emily, can you tell us what your current role is? Yes, I am a clarinetist in the United States Army Band Pershing Zone based in Washington, D.C. So I'm sure a lot of people have a awareness of the military bands. They've probably seen them in parades or have at least some knowledge of their presence. But what is really the history of the band, or at least Pershing's own, what is the history that you know of, Emily? Yes, I think that's well said. The military bands have had a presence in public life in their support of musical events for the nation's leaders and in performance for the public. So my band, Pershing Zone, was formed in 1922. Uh, General Pershing had seen the premier military bands in Europe and wanted to create a similar ensemble in the United States. And during World War II, Pershing Zone was ordered overseas to perform for the troops in Europe. And during that tour, a representative element known as the Auxiliary Band stayed behind to fulfill diplomatic needs in the nation's capital. And that's the group I'm part of today, which was renamed the U.S. Army Ceremonial Band. Pershing Zone is quite a large unit compared to other military bands people may be familiar with across the country. Pershing Zone is 250 strong, and we have many different elements. My band, the Ceremonial Band, also concert band, string ensemble, a rock slash pop music group, and others. Wow. I did not realize that it was such a large endeavor. And are they all stationed in Washington, D.C.? Yes, Pershing Zone is based on Fort Myer, Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C. And as people may know, there's a premier band for each of the five branches of the military. Those are based um, in D.C. or the Coast Guard Band is at the Coast Guard Academy in Connecticut. And then there are regional bands as well across the country and on American bases overseas. So when you go to a, a normal band or orchestra concert, there's often a bunch of people in tuxedos or black and whites, but that's not the case for a military band. Now, Emily, will you tell us a little bit about the uniform that you wear for performances? Sure. I think that's a really interesting part of military band I've learned as a newer member is the visual aspect is so distinctive and part of the experience. Whereas in other ensembles, I felt like we discussed before the concert black sort of idea was to take the attention 
away from the visuals and to the music, arguably. Um, but yes, our uniform is a very important part of what we present. And the uniform of Pershing Zone is known by its distinctive red hat. And that came from the red coats frequently worn by musicians up till Civil War times. And our current uniform is patterned after traditional 19th century military garb. And some distinctions as well are the eight buttons, which are the eight notes of the musical scale. There's a lot of musical meaning behind every part of the uniform. So there's a lot of symbolism. We have a coat of arms for the band. Every piece of the uniform has a purpose and is connected to tradition. And it's a very important part, the visual element of the band. And you have different uniforms for different seasons? That's right. So in the ceremonial band, we're out performing ceremonies no matter the weather. So we have the overcoat, for example, that we wore in January for the presidential inauguration, all the way down to our summer uniforms, which we'll play, which we'll use for Capitol concerts in the summer. So we have different iterations of the uniform for each season. Yes. So Emily, we've been friends for for quite a while, and I, I have to say that within when I knew you, at least early in college, I never would have pegged you as a military band type of person. So what made you interested in joining the military band in the first place? That's a great question, Asa. As I was exploring options as a music major in graduate school, I knew, as I knew when we met in college, I wanted a career path in music, but I had become concerned that a life in music could become kind of insular and self-serving. So I knew I wanted to find an avenue with this kind of selfless mission with my musicianship and really to be in a collaborative environment. And so I was fortunate that the faculty at my graduate school eventually recommended taking an audition for a military band. And once I looked into their mission, I never looked back. It seemed like an ideal fit for what I wanted to achieve with my career. So the service aspect of military music resonated strongly with me, that idea of using music for something greater than my own self and the collaborative element. All the performing we do is within a smaller band or the larger band. And I just loved the idea of working with others and um, creating something with a true mission of service. Yeah. You mentioned that mission of service. Um, what, what sort of, what sort of service mission does Pershing Zone have? So each military band's purpose is sort of interlinked with the community they're serving. So Pershing Zone is based at Fort Myer, which is home to Arlington National Cemetery. Therefore, our mission is primarily full-on military funerals. So we perform over 2,000 ceremonies each year, and most of those are full-on military funerals in the cemetery, as well as ceremonies at the Pentagon or the White House or other areas of distinction around the Capitol. So our purpose is to communicate the message of military, in my case, the Army, to the American people and also continue this tradition of military support for the leadership of the United States. I think that's really excellent that you feel like you're now serving the music in a way that the people are benefiting from it. And, you know, as you were saying, you could become insular as just a standard musician. You could, you know, be a solo artist and it's just essentially for yourself. But that is really excellent that this is now a much more selfless way to present music to the public and, you know, really make it accessible, which we definitely champion here on The Coffee House is making music accessible to all. So thank you for contributing <laughs> to that for us. Absolutely. I, I would add... 
I don't think there's anything less selfless, certainly, about a solo career or any other kind of performance. But I do really appreciate the mission that we have of being accessible and being public-facing. And absolutely, you're right. All of our performances are intentionally free um, for the public and very accessible in the, in the way that regional bands will perform in, in a lot of communities that don't get a lot of live performance otherwise. So I think that's, that's something that's very important for me personally. So circling back a little, you mentioned that as you were exploring your options in grad school that you finally settled on wanting to be in the military band, but of course that requires an audition. Um, do you want to describe your kind of audition story and how it affected you, kind of what you had to go through with it? Indeed, yes. It was a, an intense two-year period for me of auditioning for every opening that there was, every band that had a position open at the time. And the audition process is the same as auditioning for any professional performing ensemble, such as an orchestra or a graduate-level degree program. So there was a mix of required solos, excerpts from the orchestral and wind band repertoire to prepare, and some sight reading. So the bands often required a recorded pre-screening, and if I was invited to the live audition, there are elimination rounds in front of a blind panel. After the final round, there's often an interview, at which point you appear in front of the band leadership and they assess if you're a good fit for the band. Uh, overall, the musical preparation is certainly the most crucial, and there was a lot of sight reading of marches in my audition experience, which makes sense to me now because that is a large part of what we do on the job. Then from what you can tell, are the audition experiences or even the performance experiences uh, similar across the different branches of military bands or even the ones within the Army? I believe the audition process is very similar across certainly the Army bands and military bands as a whole. They're often asking from a similar mix of band repertoire, similar excerpts, and they all require um, significant sight reading. I would say that performance experience can be different depending on the mission of each unit, as I mentioned. So each unit across the branches accomplishes their mission in various ways, whether through smaller touring chamber groups or large ensemble performances like we have in Pershing Zone. So I, I think it's a benefit of the band that it's trying to reflect the community. So in a smaller area, the bands might be tasked to go into the community more Whereas here we draw a lot of audience to the monuments, for example, and these big concerts that sort of unite the greater D.C. area. So you keep referring to different bands across the nation and in different communities, things like that. Um, is there a really high demand for military musicians across the country? Do you feel like there's often openings that people could audition for? Yes, I think it's crucial to highlight that there are not only these five premier bands in the D.C. area, because I feel like those regional bands are of equal importance, and certainly they also need musicians. So, yes, I would say, just as with any large performing ensemble, like professional orchestra or wind band, there are specific numbers of each instrument or vocal part needed to fill out each group. So... Because of that, I would say military bands are arguably the largest employer of musicians in the country because there's so many regional bands in addition to all the spots in the premier bands here in the capital. On a related note, sadly, because of the COVID climate, I, the military bands are one of the few performing arts organizations able to keep hiring at this time because our missions have continued on. So I would encourage any listeners that are interested in a military career to certainly check out the websites of the bands and 
check out the vacancy page just like you would for any kind of job search. Yeah, that's a really great thing for young musicians to remember. There's always going to be an opportunity. And Emily, um, what would you say, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, what kind of person do you think would enjoy a position in a military band rather than perhaps a career in a professional civilian orchestra? Anyone who enjoys kind of the discipline and the organization of being part of a, a larger organization like the military is anyone who enjoys kind of stability in their job certainly the military career tends to be more stable definitely more stable um not only <laughs> yeah not only financially but also in terms of kind of your daily schedule although there is plenty of variety in what we do i would say it is more predictable than perhaps a touring symphony orchestra musician if you're interested in pursuing other things on the side or getting involved in other freelance musical groups, for example, you have a little bit more security as a military musician to do that as opposed to a freelancing career, which tend to be a little more unpredictable. And continuing on with that kind of topic, could you describe what your daily life is? Um, Maybe that has changed since we have been in the COVID pandemic, but I guess kind of give us an overview of your non-COVID versus your COVID schedules. Yes, sure. So I know I've said this many times, but daily life can look different for each band, but all of us are self-produced ensembles. So our daily work includes administrative duties, as well as rehearsals and performance. So unlike an orchestra where you have different departments kind of handling those items and the musicians are just musicians, the band, we're all kind of responsible for the success and the daily operations of the organization. So we do have full-time administrative people, but we're also tasked with keeping the ship running. Um, so during normal operation, we generally have a short ceremonial performance most days, which are either sight read on the job or with a rehearsal or reading immediately beforehand. And meanwhile, we are often workshopping music to be played on future events or called in short notice for one-off ceremonies, parades, other events. For example, there's a visiting foreign ambassador or a military officer coming to visit. And in COVID times, we're continuing these duties with smaller ensembles. We've also worked in a variety of non-musical capacities over the last year, supporting the broader military district of Washington, in my case. So we've been doing temperature screenings, assisting with modified operations, on the army base at the grocery store, helping with contact tracing and so on. Wow. You definitely playing your part in the community, whether yes. it's playing through your clarinet or just as yourself as a good human being. Exactly. Yes. I love that we're very connected to the community that we're serving through music and in general. So do you think of yourself as a soldier? Because it sounds like most of what you're doing in specifically more the non-COVID times, is really music-related and music-production-related. But do you really think of yourself day-to-day as a soldier? I think the term soldier-musician is most applicable to what we do. We are fully enlisted soldiers, and that's something I'm certainly aware of and appreciate. But we are also tasked very specifically to use music as our, that is our service to the army and to the public. So when I entered the band, my mentor in graduate school told me to remember that I was a musician first and a soldier second. And 
that stuck with me just to remember that music is a value to the army. Music is a value to the services. And they hired us to take on this musical role. But I would like all of our listeners to know that Emily is tough. She did have to go through basic training. So don't underestimate her as being, quote, just a musician. She is definitely <laughs> strong and capable. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, I feel going through basic training and being a, an enlisted soldier has given me greater appreciation for the armed services and a humility in doing what we do every day alongside other soldiers. Now, you are enlisted. So what kind of opportunities for career advancement are there? That's a great question. Yes, we are able to advance up in rank, um, be promoted in rank like any other soldier in the Army. And for us, that takes the form of managing people. So everyone enters the band at a very high level musically. That's the purpose of those stringent auditions. And once you arrive, time in service and taking on more administrative roles in managing more soldiers um, affords you the opportunity to advance in rank. So you can advance up to the highest enlisted rank. We're all enlisted, as you said. So many people do that. Many people stay for 30 years and retire as sergeant majors in the United States Army, which is quite a big deal. Wow. Well, we look forward to you having that great honor bestowed upon you one day. We will celebrate with you. (laughs) And we'll interview you when that happens. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Now, you said your group is based entirely in the nation's capital. Uh, Is there much opportunity for travel for you in particular? Right. The ceremonial band that I'm part of doesn't travel as much because of our core mission to perform in the cemetery, but Pershing Zone does travel for events of international importance and cultural exchange. For example, I think the most recent trip for the concert band was an exchange with the National Military Band of China. So our concert band and their band performed together here and in China, which I thought was a great moment of of cultural exchange, of musical exchange, of kind of this person-to-person goodwill. And there's a lot of discussion about next year will be our centennial, the band founding in 1922. So there's discussion about another international performance taking place in recognition and celebration of that milestone. If you were a, a young musician that want, like, liked the sound of a military band, but might want to travel a little bit more, uh, is there a particular group within the army that you would say could fulfill that that you're aware of? Yes, absolutely. The United States Army Field Band, based in Fort Meade, they tour, to my understanding, every year for much of the year. I think it's 100 plus days of the year. So they are the band that's tasked by the Army to go out into the field, as it were, and uh, perform elsewhere. So absolutely, that's something you can look into is... Does this particular band do a lot of traveling, or are they more permanent station, as is Pershing's? So certainly within the Army, I would say the field band. So you obviously spend a lot of time doing the administration and the performing, of course, but do you have any additional kind of free time that you could maybe go out and play with a community orchestra or pursue other musical endeavors or anything like that? Absolutely. Our schedule in the ceremonial band is generally kind of like a Monday through Friday day job. 
we do all those ceremonies during the day. So certainly there's time to participate in an outside ensemble, particularly if they meet in evenings or concerts on the weekend, for example. Many people in the band are also playing with local orchestras and wind ensembles, chamber groups in the region. That's great. So there's plenty of time for personal development outside of the outside of the military ensemble as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, Emily, as we kind of wrap this up, I just want to know, so what's what's something that you wish you had known before you joined up? Or is there something in particular that surprised you? The closeness of interaction that we get to have with our nation's leadership is something that surprised me. I never thought I'd get to be so close to all these events and this history that's taking place right before us. And I also have been pleasantly surprised by the camaraderie of the ensemble. I think there's this great humbling that occurs when you get to perform so often in the context that we do. Getting to perform for veterans, families of fallen soldiers, our nation's heroes, our nation's leaders, and even, you know, a smaller ceremony for uh, an American family at a full honor funeral. It's just a privilege to be able to represent the army in those moments as musicians and the humility that we have being in the military and being present for these deeply profound moments, I think, serves to remove some of the ego that can befall musicians because the focus is so far removed from us. It's about creating something beautiful in service of something greater. So thank you once again, Emily, for gracing us with your presence here on The Coffee House. We always appreciate chatting with you, catching up with what you're doing. And of course, this was a new topic for us. We don't have any experience with the Army bands here, so it was very enlightening to get all of your good information. And we wish the best for you in your career. We hope you get up to that top honor. We'll definitely check in with you when that happens. But thank you for sparing some moments with us out of your day so that we could chat with you a little bit about your new position. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have an opportunity to speak about military bands and to be on this ever-evolving podcast. Thank you, Emily. Is there any way that our listeners can access some more resources if they feel so inclined? Yes, thanks, Asa. You can check us out at usarmyband.com, where you can watch performances, read more about the band, and get to know us. Well, thank you, Emily, very much for joining us once again. And thank you, listener, for taking time out of your day to enjoy the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. And if you would like to, leave us a follow on Spotify, drop a review on iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. For the Coffeehouse, I'm Asa. I'm Allison. And I'm Emily. Thank you so much for listening. The Army Song, Washington Grays March, National Emblem March, and the Armed Forces Medley were performed by the U.S. Army Band Pershing's Own. You can find the Coffeehouse on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.